This is the Dice Tower Network at Dicetowernetwork.com. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This is episode 49, New York State of Mind. My name is Marty, and my co-host this time is... Vanessa. That's right. It's not Tony. Tony is on vacation, so Vanessa has gladly decided to join me in the studio and sit in the co-host seat. Is it comfortable over there for you? It's okay. It could be a little more cushiony. Well, Tony's probably left his little tush imprint in there, and it probably doesn't fit the same. So, so yeah, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. It's actually a pretty good timing because uh, Vanessa and I uh, got to experience a huge con. We just got back from it, the New York Comic Con. So I thought it'd be really interesting to hear from a couple Southerners who are going have gone to the the New York City for the very first time and talk about New York City, then talk about the con and basically how it compares to some other conventions we've been to, mainly Gen Con, which a lot of people here on this podcast have attended. So you ready to do this? Ready. Let's talk about just how we we decided to even go to this convention. For years, you and I had wanted to go to San Diego Comic Con. Right. And we had uh, looked into that and come to find out getting tickets to that is actually pretty tough. Yes. That was our goal when we started going to different conventions. We said, one day we'll go to San Diego. And like you said, as we began to research and really get serious about it, we found that tickets were difficult to get. So one day you just said, well, let's look at going to New York. And I'd never been to New York City. So we were all about New York Comic Con. And this was probably what, a year and a half ago? Probably so. And we had forever wanted to do a big trip with our oldest son, Adam, when he graduated from college. High school. High school. He's in college right now. (laughs) Um, So when he graduated from high school, lots of people take their kids on a trip or something like that, a big trip. And we had ran up by Adam said, hey, how would you like, how would you, how would you like your trip to be to New York Comic Con? And and he was all over it because he knew the struggles we had with San Diego Comic Con too. That happens in July. And it just so happened that New York Comic Con happens in October, but the weekend this year happened to fall on his fall break from college, so the timing seemed to work out perfectly. Well, the timing was just perfect for everyone. I was on my fall break from school. I was off the whole week. Travis and Brett were off that Friday, so they only missed one day. So it just kind of all fell together. So back in, was it August, September? When did we get tickets? Actually, we oh, got, no, we, it was way before that. Did we book a hotel before we even got tickets? Yes, we did. I think did. we did. Yes, we did. I think that was in the spring. I think I got the hotel room back in the spring. So much like Gen Con, you do book that stuff early. And like Gen Con, they have um, host hotels. Well, not host hotels. I guess hotels that work with the conventions where you can get special rates. Yes. Uh, but I guess the nice thing about New York is we had tons of hotels to choose from, even more so than Indianapolis when we go to Gen Con. So we did book uh, hotels early because you could get special rates, and even special rates are still pretty expensive in New York. I thought they were pretty good for New York City, and we were only a few blocks from the convention center. You know, now that you say that, you're right, because we stayed at JW Marriott in Indianapolis, and it really wasn't that, I mean, it wasn't really any cheaper, was it? 
No, no. JW Marriott was much more expensive. Oh, well then, totally erase that. I don't know that. what Marty's talking about right now. I really, really don't. We can just go out and put out there how much the room was. Go ahead. I don't even remember. Uh, it 200? Was one... No, it was 200 and something. Are it was you sure? 200 I thought positive, it was one. And it was 200 and something. Well, total still, JW Marriott, I thought was close to 300. No, you're you're right. So, see, that's why I have you on this show to totally correct me. I mean, Tony doesn't do as good job catching my mistakes as what you do. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to go back and really listen to it. Maybe I need an episode of correcting all of your <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> go back and listen to everything and go, okay, in episode 30-something, Marty said this, but that was totally incorrect. <laughs> but I, I thought the price was good to be in New York City, and the number one criteria was to get close to the convention center so we could walk and we wouldn't have to take public transportation and what were we two blocks three blocks yeah maybe like three three blocks away and so it wasn't bad no and these were city blocks so they're a tad bigger than than our blocks around here i think well going back to the planning of it so we did get the room back in the spring i want to say we we got it like maybe in april I can't remember. It might have even been earlier than that. And we got the room thinking if we weren't able to get tickets, then we could just cancel the room. Correct. So we got the room. I want to say, did we get plane tickets or did you wait and get plane tickets after we actually ordered our... We wanted to make sure we got uh, tickets to the convention because uh, to get the cheap plane tickets, we'd have to get the non-refundable kind. And I can't remember when we got our tickets. It was still back in the summer. It was. I remember, they, I remember I told you there's this window of opportunity where tickets are cheapest, and it's like nine to ten weeks before you fly out, they say, is generally when the best time is. And it was right around that time when we got the tickets. So that means we obviously got our convention tickets before that. So it may have been June, July when we got the convention tickets. And that was a crazy day. Yes, so here's the deal. You were here, uh, and it was probably more crazy for you. Mm -hmm. So um, for anybody that's ever gone to Gen Con, you know that Sunday morning when tickets go available, it, it's just, it, well, or the, the, the hotels open. When the hotel registration opens is when it goes crazy. I don't think getting tickets for Gen Con isn't as tough because they don't sell out. There's a max number of tickets available for the New York Comic Con, and we had, I had been reading on forums where year after year it was getting harder and harder to get tickets. So I told Vanessa, I said, like we do with Gen Con with hotels, we need to be there on the website uh, ready to purchase tickets. Uh, kind of same thing we did when we got uh, the Hotel to Dragon Con, too. It's just, it was, so it was funny. It's kind of reverse. It was easy for us to get the hotel because there's so many hotels available, but there's a limited number of tickets. Right, and limited number for for each day and day combination. So we found out that a three-day ticket was the hardest to get. So there's three-day tickets, four-day tickets, and um, each day. Actually, four-day passes was the hardest to get, wasn't it? No. Three-day was the hardest. They said, go ahead and get a four-day, which is what we should have done. You're right. You're right. All right, so we'll go to that morning. So I can't uh -huh. remember it was 10, 11, 12 a.m. on Eastern Standard Time. We uh, were conversing either over the phone or, or texting or whatever, saying, all right, everybody have your laptops ready. So I, at work, I had two browser windows open, and uh, I think you had multiple PCs and laptops here ready to go. We did. Everyone had one, everyone but Brett. So it was me, Travis, and Adam. Mm -hmm. Now, I can only work in one window at a time, but I think they may have had multiple, and we all started at the same time. 
And it was insane. No one could get in. And then when we did get in to purchase three-day tickets, you had like a two-page questionnaire or survey to answer before you could click that you wanted to buy your tickets. And we kept getting logged off and kicked out. And then long story short, we got in and right as you were putting in the credit card number to purchase the tickets. Yeah. So here's what happened. It, so <laughs> I was, we were talking back and forth. Are you in? No, are you in? And we're like going. And finally I said, wait a minute. I think I actually got in. I grabbed one of the three day tickets, put them in the cart. And like you said, for some dumb reason, mm-hmm. they put this two page web survey is like, is this your first time to New York Comic Con? What do you intend on doing in New York Comic Con? Do you like comics? Do you like TV? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm just checking things as fast as possible because there's a little timer. Uh, yes, on the page yes. that if if it counts down to zero, you lose your tickets that are in your cart. So I was getting through that as fast as I could submit. And then you get the dreaded spinning circle. It's just like waiting, waiting to load, waiting to load. I'm going, oh my gosh. So it finally gets to the page where I enter my credit card information. I frantically enter in. And you know how it is on a credit card information pages. Where you got to have your address and billing address and blah, 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 blah. I get to, I can't remember. It may have been the expiration date of the credit card. Go to submit. The clock goes to zero. Tickets are gone. Yeah. And tickets were gone. Then from that point on, we kept getting the message that three day was sold out. And so then we had to think on the spot, okay, what do we want to do? And so then I think it was Adam who was finally able to get Friday tickets under his browser. And then I got Saturday tickets because tickets just started selling out. We didn't know what to do. So we ended up paying more to go for two days than if we had just gotten the three day. I was so frustrated because um, Vanessa will tell you, I, I, I will pitch a penny. I, I'm a guy that likes to save and, has, and does complain when I have to spend more money than I have to which there's another part of our trip where I had to do that. And we'll come to that story in a second. Uh, but we finally got it. And I think yeah. we did, we had the opportunity to get four day passes and we passed up on it or something. Didn't we? Wasn't there a window well, in there where we was like, well, we could get the four. It's like, no, no, I know what it was the week before yes. yep. they sold four day passes. Right. And, and you had read to go ahead and get four day because three day was hard, but we said, nah. And then stupid me said, well, I don't want to pay for more than I'm going to be able to go for. <laughs> so it was that penny pinching part of me that said, nah, don't get the four day. We'll just get the three day. And I think in the end, the four day wasn't really any more expensive than two, two day passes, even though we might've only used two days. Ah, frustrating. So just a little hint for the future, if anyone wants to go, just go ahead and get the four-day pass. Right. Yeah, the con uh, is Thursday through Sunday. Um, but anyway, we had only planned on going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It all kind of worked out in the end. I just ended up spending more money on the t- – or we ended up spending more money on the tickets than what we had hoped. So we got the tickets. Uh, the plane tickets weren't really that hard to get. We just, like I said, waited till they got on a decent sale. And um, then we started prepping for the con. Now, this – isn't really a gaming convention per se. There wasn't a lot of gaming stuff. It's mainly a comic book convention and pop culture convention. As such, there is a lot of cosplay. And Vanessa and I and the family have kind of somewhat dipped our toes into cosplay recently and started preparing for doing some little cosplay while we were there. Yes, well, we actually started thinking about it again back in the spring, like right after um, Winter Soldier came out and Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., got, in our opinion, got better, and we really got into it. And you just happened to mention that maybe I should dye my hair like Victoria Hand. And that's how it all started. We said, 
all right, I'll do that. And then we started thinking about what everybody would would be. And I can think of cosplay ideas pretty quick, but it was hard to get y'all to come up with ideas. So I would say maybe about a month before the con, Travis watched Escape from New York and he wanted to be Snake Plissken. So I had my uh, inspiration picture for that. I had my inspiration picture for Victoria Hand. And then Adam gave me a picture. He wanted to go as the governor from Walking Dead. Brett kept going back and forth on things, but ended up he wanted to be Villager from Animal Crossing. And then we just threw together Carl for him. Just bought a shirt off Amazon. From Walking Dead. Yeah, Carl from Walking Dead. Yeah. And we had a hat. You were the one who was like, I'm not going to do it. I don't know what to do. And it was like less than a week before we went. I just said, be Captain Hammer. You have the Captain Hammer shirt already. And so that's the characters that we went. Yeah, I I, I did take yep. the easy. I was getting stressed out over the trip. You, I, I was like traveling oh, stresses you out. Traveling stresses me out. So this is our first time ever to go to New York City, and I'm stressing out how we're going to get to the airport, to the hotel, and and I'm not sure what I'm doing going to it. And I was like, I just didn't want to have to deal with the whole cosplay portion because I thought I was going to be dealing with the whole travel portion. The Captain Hammer was a cheap way out. Because it hits so easy. I have the t-shirt already, like you said. There's a certain pair of pants, which I already had. I went on Amazon and ordered, like the day before we left, uh, using Amazon Prime, ordered some the, the black gloves he wore. The problem was, when they came, they were green. <laughs> so I didn't have a chance to turn them. And, uh, turn them, and I've tried, actually, I've been Captain Hammer before, and I got some uh, gloves, and they were blue, and I tried to paint them black. With that latex, the paint rubs off, and it just doesn't take well to there. So it was dark green, so I thought, well, it'll pass. So I took the easy way out. I guess the only easier costume was probably Brett's for Carl, because it was a shirt and a hat. But Captain Hammer was so good for you, and you still had someone want to take pictures of you, even though you had green gloves, because Nathan Fillion is not quite as good looking as you, so you really pulled off that uh, Captain Hammer really well. So this is why I like having you on the show over Tony, because <laughs> he would never say anything like that. Uh, and uh, talking about the cosplay, so Brett, we'd had blue jeans already, we had a hat already, and we bought the baseball shirt that was gray and blue. I think it was 10 bucks. He had his picture taking, taken excuse me, so many Times. Was it the most, or was he and Adam about in a tie when Adam went as uh, the governor from uh, Walking Dead? Yeah, I, I they might have been a tie. Maybe I feel like it was more because Brett and I seemed to be together more, mm-hmm. and young girls would would really just scream, "Carl, Carl," because <laughs> he he looked like him. So that's a little hint for cosplay too. Find somebody that you kind of look like. And then you can pull it together. I did want to say, Adams, so the two people that had their picture taken the most, Brett, uh, $10 for the t-shirt for him. I got a leather coat for Adam, a black shirt, black pants, all from Goodwill. Each piece was $5. Got the eye patch from Party City for like $1.99. So less than $20. He had a fabulous costume. But Adam looked the governor. He, yeah, he did. And the shame, what was a shame was you also went as a Goodwill or a thrift store and picked up like a cheap golf club yes. for him to carry around. But then when we went and looked at the rules for the, uh, 
the accessories, everything you take in, you couldn't take anything that was a metal or fiberglass club. So they would have taken that away from us. But him carrying around the golf club just would have put it right over the top. But he had the look. When somebody said, can I take your picture? He went to this pose and had this stern governor look. <laughs> and what was so funny, when uh, he and Brett were together, they made the perfect combo of the they call did. and the governor. It, it, they just did such a great and And Brett had, see, here's the thing. Brett doesn't watch Walking Dead. Never. So he has, he knows he nothing no about idea. Carl because he's just too young to watch that. So Vanessa just said, just stand there and look stern. And I told him to act like a punk and like he had a chip on his shoulder. And so he would fold his arms and have this look <laughs> on his face. It was perfect. <laughs> it was. Now, we and need to way, go back well, and, and look. He got a sticker from someone because they had their picture taken by someone who has a website. And he came up and was talking to, to Brett. So we need to check and see if we can find that. Yeah, that'd be fun if they, he and uh, Adam were both videoed for that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I'll post uh, our group shot or some shots on our website. Um, so if you want to go see our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com, I'll have a few pictures of our cosplay so you can see the costumes uh, that we're talking about. What was really cool is when I was standing in um, the image, was it image? In, in one of the comic um, vendor booths, uh, two people cosplaying as Maggie and Glenn walked up and grabbed Brett and said, hey, we want to get a picture with you. And uh, so I took a picture and I realized Adam was right beside of me. I said, well, do you want to take a picture with him? Cause he's playing as the governor. And they're like, Oh, the problem is, is an eye patch and all black clothes. You could be like Nick Fury. You could be a couple things. Yeah. So when they realized he was as a governor, there was four of them there. And as soon as that happened, people from all over the place pulled out their cameras and started taking pictures yeah. of them. It's like, as soon as one person takes a picture then everybody starts taking pictures. Yeah. And then uh, later on, there was someone who was dressed as Daryl. And he looked really good, and people took pictures of them. So the hint for cosplay, along with try to find someone that you sort of look like, is go as a group, because group cosplay seem to have more pictures taken than into. If you want your picture taken, some people may not want their picture taken. Why would you cosplay if you don't want your picture taken? To be a part of it, so you wouldn't be mundane I, like we heard about at Dragon Con. I know, but... The for whole, the fun of it. But didn't it make you feel good when somebody came up and said, I want to take your picture? It was kind of embarrassing and awkward. You, it, I would have to have mine taken a lot to get comfortable. I, I still feel a little awkward. It was weird. It's like, you really want to take a picture of me? Especially when it's just out of the blue. I mean, this one guy came up and says, oh my gosh, Captain Harry, I got to take a picture. And then it's like, uh, really? And then you got to take the po- take a pose. It's so funny. We actually practiced our poses <laughs> yeah. in the ho- hotel room so we'd be prepared. And you had the perfect Victoria <laughs> so hand pose. Where's what geeks? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. now, so you also did the 11th Doctor, which I really like that costume. I did. That kind of just came together at the end, too. It started with the jacket that I found at Goodwill looking for um, Adam's costume. Mm-hmm. And then it just went from there. So now we have a 11th Doctor costume for anyone in the future. You uh, handmade a bow tie? I did. Getting crafty. Uh, Looked online and handmade a bow tie. I did. Because bow ties are cool. Bow ties are cool. And a fez? Yeah. yeah. And you did go out and buy a, a sonic screwdriver. I did. Though. I did. Uh, we probably should have made one of those, but that was almost like a last minute thing we threw together. Can't make a sonic screwdriver? Well, I'm sure somebody out there does. <laughs> the whole thing with cosplay is try to make as much handmade as possible. Yeah. But it was definitely um, uh, for cosplay. It was it was a wonderful uh, convention for that. It probably more so than Gen Con. I mean, Gen Con's not really about that. Even though there's people at the cosplay and they have the uh, the big parade on Saturday, 
it's really not about that. But let me ask, ask you this, though. So we've been to Dragon Con before. Which show do you think had the better cosplay, uh, New York Comic Con or uh, Dragon Con? Oh, we're Dragon Con because it's a cosplay convention. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's just like cosplay convention. It's but what I, it's known for, I think. But it does, it does tend to grab. I mean, the costumes there are more elaborate, and I think a percentage of people that are going, they're less mundane, as you say. Yeah. And I say that because the year we went to Dragon Con, we read our sauce uh, on TV. I forgot where we heard it, but if you don't go dress, then you're mundane. Right. We didn't want to be mundane. Right. But it was it was really cool at New York Comic Con. Um, even though it was a comic book convention, uh, there are a lot of comic book companies there and some vendors. But it's really more of a pop culture. So the people who were dressed up weren't necessarily as comic book characters. They oh, yeah. they ranged from from all over the place. They did, yeah, it really did. Same as at Dragon Con, you see a little Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, and your comic heroes, and then TV shows. We saw some characters from Game. Game of Thrones. I saw a lot more Dragon Con. I don't know how oh, many nice. how many Daenerys's do we see at Dragon Con. I don't think I only saw one in New York Comic Con. Okay, well again, Dragon Con, you're going to see a lot more costumes. So let's talk a minute about what we did see at New York. Okay. Uh, number one for you was panels. Yes. You went to it with with movie stars. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, so in San Diego Comic-Con, you know, the big thing for them is these huge panels because they're right there in California, Hollywood's right up the road. So uh, many TV uh, studios and, and uh, movie studios use that as a way for promotion for their upcoming shows, uh, whatever. So they have all the stars come in for the big panels. Now, New York doesn't have as many panels, but they had some that were just as big. And the one that they had that we really wanted to go to was The Walking Dead. Uh, this was going to be the Saturday before the premiere of the current season. And so it was a really big deal. Everybody was really hyped for The Walking Dead. So we we attended a few tano, uh, panels with that being the main one. Now, we went to a couple smaller ones. Uh, we went to one with for the movie uh, Birdman with Michael Keaton and Ed, Ed Norton. Uh, Chris Hardwick, it was funny. So our my oldest son, Adam, and I really like Chris Hardwick. We're like, if there's one job that we could do or we would want, it's his job. He has like the best job in the world because he does, he's like a geek at heart, but is like made a ton of money off being geeks, uh, being a geek and making shows and whatnot. So he, since he was co-hosting, it's like, ah, let's go to this panel. Um, it was it was pretty entertaining. I think the movie is supposed to be a really big deal. Some of the early reviews for it say it's it's going to be a really, really good movie, and it's, and it's one I want to go see. So that was kind of our first panel. It was really just kind of go wait in line and go to it. The big one was Walking Dead. And what they did was there was one main hall where they had like the biggest panels. And for those, for the first year ever, they decided to hand out uh, uh, bracelets, not bracelets, um, wristbands. Wristbands, paper wristbands, um, so that it would indicate, you know, which ones you're eligible to go to. And to do such, you just have to go stand in line and hope that you get a band. So the panel was Saturday morning. The hall opens at 10, and we found out the day before, hey, when does the Q hall open? The Q hall is the place that you go and stand. Imagine, like, if you've ever been to Gen Con or a large convention where they have one huge hall that's used for an exhibition or something. There was one hall that was mainly just set up for lines, for the main panels and they were like maybe four or five main panels a day. So they had four or five long lines set up. You can come stand in in hopes of getting one of those wristbands. 
So we showed up at eight o'clock. Uh, we went out to the convention center at eight o'clock and we went to, <laughs> it's funny. We went to the front door and there was a line of like a hundred. We were Oh, this isn't too bad at all. So we walked up and said, is this the line to get into the queue hall? And they said, no, this is the, this is the press line. You need to go uh, down a little bit down the further towards the other end. So we walk and see the beginning of the line and then we like peer around and the line goes down like a block <laughs> and we could tell it, it bends down the other end of the block. I measured it. It was like 0.3, 0.4 miles, the length of the line that we had to walk all the way to the end. It was raining, misting rain. I didn't have an umbrella. Uh, at least Travis had a, a coat with a, um, a hood. Adam didn't have anything. So we get to end the line. The line starts moving, so we walk 3.3 miles back in. We have to we make it to the queue hall. We wait for two hours, but we were lucky enough to get one of the wristbands. What's so cool about that is once you get a wristband, you can leave. That's totally different from San Diego, where once you get in line, you have to stay in line until the panel begins. Dragon you Con, mean San Diego or Dragon Con? San Diego. Oh, okay. San Diego, you have to stand in line and, until the panel begins. Uh, Dragon Con's the same way. Right. I thought this was a brilliant idea uh, for handing out the wristbands. And if you're lucky enough to get one, then you know you're guaranteed a spot in. Then you come back later and stand in line for, you know, if you want to get a front row seat. Because some people got the wristbands immediately sat down right there and said, we're just going to start waiting in line to get a, a front row seat or whatnot. So that was the main thing that we wanted to do. We got to go see the Walking Dead panel. Chris Harwick did it again. So many characters were on the panel. There was, I'll just give you the, the character name. There was uh, Rick and Daryl and um, Michonne and Tyrese. And now um, uh, Glenn, Maggie, Abraham, Sasha. Carol. Carol. <laughs> yeah, who's, who's probably one of my favorite right now. So everybody was in there. So it was really great to see that and i've talked about that long enough but yeah so one of the main things we want to do is see a panel we finally got in to see one it was a big deal for us so you may be wondering what did me and brett do during this time like what would an 11 year old do at new york comic con he would stand and play video games (laughs) forever uh i didn't like i would he would go and stand in line to play the video games and i would run around and look and then come back and check on him. So I don't know if it was new releases or games that they that he had played before, but there were several different big gaming areas. Um, and they were always crowded. And you just, again, stand in line and you played whatever video game you wanted to. Endless rows of exhibitors mm-hmm. with different um, things to buy. Toys, figures, too many to name, too many to name. But I found something that I liked, uh, free books. (laughs) I got a list of when to come back and stand in line and get a book signed by an author. And I I think I got like eight free books. I I worked those book stations. Brett worked the video games. We all worked the exhibitors booth. And we all came home with something that we bought. Um, Not as much steampunk as I had hoped for, because I really liked that. What I did like was like the big Lord of the Rings area. You saw things that were used in the movie and the big replicas of like an orc. So Weta was there. W-E-T-A, who does the special effects for Hobbit, had a huge booth with a huge Smaug um, head at the top animated and stuff. So yeah, they were there. Yeah. What else? Very crowded. Very, very crowded. Yeah. If you don't like crowds, this is not the place for you. We hadn't been to Gen Con the past couple of years. I know it's got a lot more crowded 
Well, let's talk. We mentioned the numbers just to compare. So they announced that there were a hundred and fifty-one thousand unique attendees to New York Comic Con, and I believe this last year at Gen Con it was pushing sixty. I can't remember. It was fifty-nine, sixty, something like that, off the top of my head. Regardless, this is twice as big as what Gen Con is. Yeah, and it felt it. Yes, it did. It did. It. It's. It's just aisles, and you have booths on either side of the aisle, and you have people walking back and forth, but then you have people stopping, trying to look at the booths, and you, you cannot be in a hurry there. You Which is like Gen hurry. Con. I mean, Gen Con's the same yeah. way. The thing with Gen Con, though, is it got all these demo booths. Everybody's trying to stop and sit down and get to play and stuff. It's just, But the thing is, though, there's also so much cosplay that you're having to kind of dodge and move around. Because some- yeah, people just stop and say, can I take your picture? Exactly. And I think for us, I, I could have taken more pictures, but I didn't. Again, you feel awkward to stop in the middle and say, hey, can I take your picture? And then you got to dig your camera out or dig your phone out and could have taken more pictures. Yeah, well, we can always take more pictures. You know what? I didn't really buy a lot there. I bought a. You know, I bought a back, glass. We didn't buy too much. Oh, I bought a map from um, Weta. They had. I've always wanted a Middle Earth nice parchment map, and they had one there, and I got it. So I want to get it framed to put it in the basement. So I'm, I'm happy about that one. But we all saved up our money to go, and then not a lot of us bought a lot of things there. Uh, I think Adam and Travis bought a few. Oh, Travis got some steal of a deal on graphic novels. Yes, from, he got four um, for twenty five dollars. Was it Image Comics? I think so. They were four. Yeah, it was insane. He he got a great yeah. deal. He, he likes that company. So, yeah, there's some good deals on, on comics and graphic novels. But one thing I did get to see there, since this is a gaming podcast, I might as well mention a game that I saw. And that's a game that is now currently on Kickstarter called Phoenix Covenant. And as I was walking by, it was a really small booth. And I saw this these people playing like a card game on a, a board. And uh, I looked at the title, and it was like... Uh, it was something like magic, if you like magic and fire emblem put together or like magic and Final Fantasy tactics. So I thought, well, number one, I, I love fire emblem and Final Fantasy tactics, which is a turn based strategy game. So I said, OK, I got to see what this is. And of course, the fan was like, oh, hey, what are you going to do? You're going to do a demo. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do a demo. I'll come find you in a little bit. So I sat down and one of the ladies there, by the way, did one of the best demos I've ever seen of, of a game on how she taught the mechanics and stuff. But the idea is, is you have a, uh, it's, imagine like Summoner Wars where you have uh, units and stuff you can play from your hand onto a board. And I can't remember what it was. It may have been like a six by five board or a six by six. And you put the cards on there and it's um, the, the cards, you can move them like units up spaces and they can do attacks against other people, kind of like, again, Summoner Wars. So there's a tactical feel to it. It's not just like magic where you put the card down and you say, I want to attack that guy. You've got to be adjacent to a person if you're doing a melee attack or if you have range, you have to be within so many spaces. But what made it unique from Summoner Wars is the orientation of the card makes a difference, meaning there are shields around the card to where if you attack, if you're facing one of the sides with the shields, you do less damage. But there's also what they have called a soft point to where if you're attacking one side of the cards with soft point, you do additional damage. So the way that you maneuver around a card and then orient your card against theirs will dictate how much you damage, how much damage you would do. That's the part that was really felt unique to me. 
And I thought that was really good. And I was like, oh, this this is so cool. Why hasn't anybody thought of this before? Without using figures or anything, I felt like I was playing a tactical game. The way you face makes a difference. And so they they showed me this really quick demo. And why I said what was so cool about how she did the demo was she said, we're going to play like three quick games. She told me in one rule, it's like, here's your goal. Uh, I'm going to have these guys out on the board. You have these guys. You have to defeat me in one turn. And by doing that, I was using some of the easy rules she had taught me. And then she said, okay, here's an additional rule that you need to know. Now we're going to do the same thing. I'll put out these guys in this orientation. Here's your guys. You have to beat me in one turn. So by doing it that way, we just taught the game really well. So anyway, I have uh, contacted uh, them, and I'm going to see if I can get a preview of the game um, here and try it out some more. Currently, it is on Kickstarter. If you go check our blog, I will uh, post a link to it, and it's called uh, Phoenix Covenant. But you know, other than that, I don't... Oh, Steve Jackson Games was there, the people that make uh, Munchkin. Um, all their stuff was there, and they were showing off uh, some of their new games, which I got to check out, which was uh, kind of neat. So, But other than that, there wasn't a lot of gaming companies there, so there's not a lot of gaming news from New York Comic Con to give. No. I, New York Comic Con is more of walking and looking at pop culture stuff, publishers, right. comics... Hallmark had a booth, just different vendors. I know. I thought that was strange. Hallmark had a booth. And I didn't see that one. Did they have (laughs) it? It was tucked away way back in the back. They had a couple things that were con exclusive, but um, they're superhero ornaments, ornaments that would fit the con. And you didn't get one? Or is there stuff that you can already buy at Hallmark anyway? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. No New York Comic Con ornament? No. No, you, nope, nope. I would have bought that. Whereas Gen Con, your purpose is to go and demo games. Right. And I would say, would you say Gen Con had like, they had far more panels than New York Comic Con. There weren't, they were more, I like the panels where you go and learn something. And they did have some of those there. Some of them. It just didn't work out that I could go. But it seemed like Dragon Con and both Gen Con had a lot more of like writing mm-hmm. panels, cosplay panels, jewelry making panels, um, different things like that. It seemed like New York Comic Con had a lot of here is this artist, here is this author, yes, and come hear them talk, yes, or here's yeah. an actor. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of actors there, uh, there for um, autographs. Right. William Shatner was there. Oh, we forgot to say the main reason why we wanted to go to New York Comic Con. Oh, the main reason was so we could get Stan Lee's autograph. Yep. And he was announced as one of the early yes. um, uh, guests there. So we were pumped. We said, I mean, let's face it. He is like 92, 93 years old. And all of us want to meet Stanley and get his autograph before he passes away because he is an icon. Well, he's 92 years old. <laughs> that doesn't mean I mean, he's still going strong, but he's 92 years old. How and how often is he going to be able to he ain't gonna come around Charlotte anytime soon? But um, so anyway, it was our goal to to get his autograph. So. Like two weeks before we went, it was announced that Stan Lee had to back out because he had, he had a TV or movie commitment that he had to shoot. You know, I, he always does cameos and movies or whatnot, so he may have been doing something like that. Could not attend the convention, and we were just heartbroken. We were crushed. We were absolutely crushed. It was funny when we got to there, we got there and we saw some other people we thought about getting um, autographs from, like Stephen Amell, who is the... Green Arrow on the TV show, uh, Kevin Conroy, Cor- Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman, who I just love. Until I saw their prices were like eighty dollars, fifty dollars to get an autograph, I went, 
I said, never mind. I, I don't want it that bad. But if Stanley would have been there, I would have paid the eight. One of us at least would have paid the eighty just so we can get one autograph to have it. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, we would have. Really, that, that's about it. There's not a lot. Of, there wasn't. Didn't see a lot of nightlife after the convention center closed. There was a couple panels maybe in the night, but you know, at Gen Con, there's after this con- exhibition center closes, then all these people break off and start playing these games all over the place. They didn't really have that here. I didn't see a lot of nightlife. For the convention, even Dragon Con has nightlife out of the convention. That's when everybody goes to the hotels and does their thing there. There may have been things that we didn't know about, that it was things that are just traditional, but you'd kind of have to know about it. Um, I think we were all just ready to get back to our room. We might have been kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that. So, like, How is it? That, how did a group of Southerners, a family of Southerners heading into New York City, how did that go? I mean, both of us have been to New York State, but we've never been to New York City itself. And uh, where we live, we have a lot of transplants from that area. And we hear, you know, how it is and how the life is so fast paced and so different. And it's a lot slower here. So we just weren't sure what to expect when we got there. And so what were your first impressions when we got into the city? Well, I've grown up going to New Orleans often. So as far as city, that's what I have in my mind and compare everything to. So my first impression as we were flying in, I almost wish we had flown in at night so I could have seen the lights. We flew in during the day and there's no color. (laughs) It was gray and brown and and I was expecting color. (laughs) So my first thought was kind of drab drab looking and then the ride from the airport to the hotel it it was still drab it looked just like 70s tv shows that we saw with the big graffiti on the walls on the buildings uh, like a barney miller (laughs) yeah and i think some theme songs were going through my mind and i was like it looks just like that welcome back cotter (laughs) good times (laughs) well they were in chicago i think oh they were in chicago i don't know yeah i don't know either i don't know either and i don't know what i was expecting um but I was very shocked at how everything was happening in the road. Like we would drive by people and they could have touched the car if they wanted. There were lots of movers and trash pickup and just people in the middle of the street. Yeah. I don't see how people who live in New York or have been there and and I don't see how you drive. I, I, there is no way I get behind the wheel driving through that city. It's insane. Yeah. Well, one night we were standing there and a fire truck and police cars were trying to get through and they couldn't get through. And the cars just stood there. I mean, they didn't try well, to move out of the way. There was nowhere they could go. Oh, that's true. I mean, there was nowhere they could go. Yeah, and so we were the, like, uh, well, that, that's... So the first thing, the traffic was insane. Yeah. And I guess I, I knew it was going to be insane. I just didn't know how insane. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, when you watch the TV shows and stuff, you, you always hear, they have the city noise in the background. There's always sirens and horns. That's it. It's true. I mean, there's like a horn blast every five or ten seconds that you hear. Yeah. People just laying on the horns all the time. Thinking of New Orleans, there's always music. In New Orleans, everything is open and there's music and you can sit and you can just relax. And New York, at least the part we were in, was the opposite of that. I never heard any music. You don't stop and take in anything. You keep walking. <laughs> right. You you keep walking. Um, yeah. So that was it. It's fast paced, just like we heard. Very fast paced. We checked out uh, Times Square. 
Yeah, we, we did, did the touristy we stuff. Did. We did the Times well, Square. Well, we did a little bit. We just we only had one day. We had Thursday, so we did Times Square, Thirty Rock. Um, yep, went to the Diamond District. Did Thirty Rock, and we had to go to a had a big Toys R Us there. We went and looked at that. That was kind of cool. Well, one of the number one things on the list to do was the Nintendo store. Yeah, that was nice. Well, it wasn't as nice as I thought it was going to be. It was kind of cool, but I wanted to go in there. So they had. Nintendo paraphernalia all over the place. All I wanted was some sort of uh, Metroid souvenir, a Samus souvenir or something. Nothing. There was no Metroid anything in that store. I was very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Brett. That was Brett's number one thing on his list. So we did that. We did the Lego store. Um, we saw the big ball that drops on New Year's yep. Eve. Um, 30 Rock. Yeah. Rockefeller Center. Oh, you said that? Yeah. Well, uh, you did. Did I? You said 30 Rock, but... <laughs> I was on doubt. Um, and that was just because I want to see where Liz Lemon worked. Radio City Music Hall. And then we walked up to Central Park, and I could have stayed there. Yeah. Central Park's nice. It's I, very nice. It's one of those things, what's the big deal about Central Park? It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's just out of the middle of nowhere. It's like all these buildings. It's like, I think there's Central Park because I see a lot of trees. <laughs> and then you get there, and it's a, it's a nice place. And they had the, you know, the two nice museums there, the Natural History Museum, which was where... Um, not at the museum. I believe the front of that. That's where it was shot. It was like supposed to be from there. And then the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. We didn't go in either one of those. Um, but we did. Our main thing where we were in Central Park is when we found out the building that was shot for Ghostbusters mm-hmm. uh, that was yep. destroyed at the end. They had. We wanted to go see that building. Yeah. So that was the big highlight of the that tour. And some, um, some places in Central Park where Elf... <laughs> some scenes from elf or film oh that's right yeah we're big fans of elf and so uh i remember when we were walking it's like wait a minute there's the bridge where they're getting snowballed from yeah uh one thing about central park i have to say that just like you see on tv it's very inspirational if you walk through there you suddenly want to either become a writer or an artist or a musician it makes you want to do something very creative that's where we saw the artsy stuff and some music Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was in Central yeah. Park. Yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. And that was about the extent of all of our touristy stuff. Yeah. Oh, we had to have a slice of New York pizza. We had um, <laughs> slice. We actually ate where Sharknado of scene in Sharknado, Sharknado was two. filmed. Sharknado 2, yes, excuse me. <laughs> we were yeah. walking down the street and it had this sign. It's like, this is the pizza place where Sharknado 2 was shot. And it's like, <laughs> then we're going to eat in here. <laughs> and then uh, I forgot where you and Adam were, but me, Travis, and Brett, we had a, a dollar slice from another place that mm-hmm. that was kind of neat. We all had a hot dog from a hot dog vendor. Yes. In fact, we kind of got tired of eating at the street vendors because that was the easiest place to eat from <laughs> for the New York Comic Con because it was so expensive inside and the lines were so long. <laughs> the street vendor set up outside the convention center. So we just go outside and grab something there. And after a while, I was like, oh, I can't stomach this anymore. Yeah, I just wondered where they kept the meat in there. Yeah, I was like, mm. and then there was a certain smell that all the carts had. Was like, mm. Well, I don't know what I was expecting. You always hear, get a hot dog from the street vendor. And I was so excited. I didn't know if it was going to be grilled or gourmet. I don't know what I thought, but it was just a boiled hot dog, just like we do here. Out of a pot. There you go. Now move on. Just like, okay. Yeah, and the mustard wasn't the same. I wanted plain old French's yellow mustard and yeah weren't a fan of the the hot dogs yeah but we did all right i guess we did now we didn't get picked on a lot no but we were approached a lot to buy 
tickets or whatever. Oh, for. Well, that was a bad mistake because the first day we all uh, went in wearing superhero shirts. Yeah. So everybody knew we were tourists. Yeah. And so everybody was hitting us up. Do you want to take a tour ride? A bus ride? I was like, oh my gosh. So we, then we learned the next day, wear plain clothes <laughs> and don't <Yeah>. say a word. Because <laughs> as soon as they hear you're not from there, it's all over. They're like, pounce on you. Okay, come look at this. Some guy kept shoving a CD in my face. Don't you want a free CD? No. Well, why don't you want a free CD? <laughs> because if I take this CD, you're going to want something else. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, that is similar to New Orleans. Don't take beads from anybody. Don't say that you want the beads or you'll have to pay for them if you're just walking on the street. So that was similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's funny. So this year, um, I got to go to two large cities for the first time ever. Um, or big popular cities, New Orleans and um, New York City. Yep. And I, I will say probably right now, if, if I had my druthers and which way I'd want to go, I'd definitely be New Orleans. I, I can't believe it took me 21 years to get you to go to That's New sad. Orleans. I mean, that how, is very sad. How many times have the boys been? Oh, no, we can't even count them. Can't even count how many times they get. Because what happens every summer is they go back and visit Vanessa's family. And while they're there, they always have to go into New Orleans. There are certain places they go eat. And after I went, I said, okay, I I see why you like to come here. It's it's pretty cool there. So there you go. Our trip to uh, to New York. I did want to say that we stayed at Fairfield Inn, Mm -hmm. just just to put it out there. It was. Thirty third West Street and Eighth Avenue. I want to say that because they had a beautiful rooftop view. Oh, that's true. That's so true. we we they had a rooftop lounge and chairs, and you could go sit up there. And at night, it was it was pretty awesome to look out and see the lights of New York City, and and to be there. It was really neat. So let me ask you this before we close out this segment. Um, as far as just pop culture, comic conventions. If you could pick New York Comic Con or Dragon Con, which one would you take now? Oh, I would have to say Dragon Con. I would have to say Dragon Con. Just because it had a variety of panels Mm -hmm. that I could go to, seemed to um, be able to navigate it easier and just to get more in the day. Right. Able to do more in a day. I do want to go back to New York, maybe stay in a different area. I don't know if I necessarily have to do New York Comic Con again. I'm glad we did it. I'm very glad we did it. I think we were looking at the card, and there's one in New Orleans. So we can go to the con in New Orleans. There is one. It's in uh, January, the uh, week we're supposed to be at Scarab. Ah. But we'll have to plan and do that sometime. That would be fun. Yeah, for me, um, there, there are positives and negatives to both. The Obviously, having it in convention center, the exhibit hall is much, much better in New York than it is at Dragon Con. Dragon Con's atrocious. They need to do something different for their exhibitors. The, hall. the exhibitor is atrocious. I like the way they handled the huge panels at New York Comic Con better because, and that's that's a story for, I probably said in another episode where Adam and I waited for three hours to see the Walking Dead panel there, and they just came and said, "Yeah, they decided not to come." Yeah, and and I don't know why would they just not show up to Dragon Con? I mean, uh, well, they were there and left. Yeah. So anyway, so I have some bad experiences with Dragon Con, but. Overall, the atmosphere is totally better, probably at Dragon Con. There's so much cosplay and everybody's so into it. But the the location having the convention center in New York Comic Con is better. And I'm not even going to ask to compare Gen Con because they're two totally separate things. I mean, I don't yes. even know how you can compare it. You really can't compare the two. They're you can't. two different types of conventions. Right. I guess we should still try to do San Diego sometime. I don't know. <laughs> well, we did New York. I don't that's know true, if we that's need true. to. We went to the largest 
mm-hmm. pop culture or comic convention in North America because San Diego this year, they had to cap their tickets at 130,000. So where we went had way more and Dragon Con has like 60 something thousand. So we did it. We went to the largest one. I said we wanted to go to the largest one. We thought it was going to be San Diego, but it ended up being New York. So now next year when we go to Gen Con, it's going to feel tiny. <laughs> I don't think it'll feel tiny. Maybe Heroes Con will feel tiny. <laughs> so coming out of New York Comic Con, obviously that whole focus is started out with basically comic books and superheroes. And Vanessa is my TV viewing partner and has been for many, many years. We are very fortunate in that both of us like the same TV shows and, and types of TV shows. And right now there are a lot of superhero shows that are on. Uh, I think we first really found out what we wanted back in the 90s when we watched this little show on the WB called Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we're like, there's something different about this show. And the more we watched, our taste in TV kind of started changed. And we just now realized, hey, we we really connected there. And, and now we kind of base everything about a TV show on its writing and directing and stuff and less about who's necessarily necessarily in it. So... That's why I wanted to talk to you real quick about some of the latest comic book shows that just started this year. And there's basically uh, two main ones. Okay. Before I hit on that, though, there are two other very popular ones that's uh, been out uh, one or two years. And the first one that came out was um, Arrow, mm-hmm. uh, which was based on Green Arrow. This is a show that we've been watching since day one. I know a lot of people got into it kind of late, but we, we kind of stuck with it from uh, day one. What are your thoughts on on Arrow? Just to kind of get a baseline of the kind of stuff that you like, because I know that you like Arrow, but what do you think about it? Well, Arrow is one of those, the first few episodes, you think, where can it go? Or where is it going? It seems like when it started last year, um, there were the flashback scenes, so we knew that there was a little backstory there. But what was happening in Starling City? Yes. Um Nice. Yeah. Oh, I remembered it. Um, <laughs> it just seemed like it was a, a new character introduced. There, there was no story going on there. Mm-hmm. And then it just seemed like, wow, in the middle of the first season, it's it's the it's the story that gets me. Mm-hmm. I know for some people that seeing what characters are going to be introduced, you know, yeah. Black Canary and, oh gosh, I can't even remember all of them. Slade. Slade right. Arsenal or um, um. the dude with the drug (laughs) (laughs) speedy (laughs) Speedy. yeah (laughs) so one of Adam's favorite uh, not favorite comics but this one that he actually bought and got signed um, was the uh, the famous one where it's Green Arrow and uh, he's walking in and it shows speedy his sidekick uh, shooting up drugs on the cover Uh, very famous comic because it was one of the first times that comics tackled uh, the the drug problem uh, in in culture, but anyway, so that's what she's referring yeah. to. And and so for me, who hasn't read all of the comics, but I know about Green Arrow and Black Canary, and I do read some of Black Canaries. It wasn't so much of who was going to be introduced this week or who are we going to see, but it was the story and where it was going, and it really did take off, and I'm really enjoying it. Compare that to another show we started last uh, year, uh, Agents of Shield, which we were really pumped up for because Joss Whedon is the was the 
I guess the producer, the showrunner, but not necessarily the writer director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were really pumped for it, especially after Avengers and just getting all into that world, the the agents' world. And it started out kind of slow. Like we had to make ourselves watch the first. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the the first several episodes, the first like uh, sixteen episodes. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, okay, we're going to keep watching it. We're going to keep watching it because we love these people. Um, and it was really after Winter Soldier, and I hear a lot of people say the same thing because the stories kind of, they merged together at that point, point. Uh, and then it got it got much better, and so we still watch it. But then Victoria died, and now I have this red stripe in my hair for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Colson came back. Maybe Victoria will, Maybe too. Maybe she will, know. too. Maybe she'll come back. Anybody come back. It's a comic book show. Come on. That's right. That's uh, right. All right, so that's kind of where we stand. So you probably like Arrow probably better than S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, even though I yeah. got better. Right, yeah. I, I would say I like Arrow better than S.H.I.E.L.D., but I, I like S.H.I.E.L.D. So a spinoff from Arrow that was introduced last year was they introduced Barry Allen in mm-hmm. one of the episodes. And it's like, mm-hmm. holy cow, they're going to do Flash. Now, Flash, you know, me grow, growing up was my favorite comic book hero. Yeah. And I was very nervous about this because <laughs> I was worried how he was going to, this character was going to be created or treated. And uh, so we've only seen two episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but I must say the first two episodes have been pretty good. I've really liked it. I, I really, really liked it. So the first episode, there was a part where the guy tells Barry, run, Barry, run. And I just thought that was so neat. And I thought it was well done. And after the episode, I think I told you, oh, that was so good. It wasn't even cheesy. Then I was standing in line at New York Comic Con and there were a couple of girls, I guess they were in their 20s behind me. And one really liked the show. And the other one was giving her such a hard time saying, what about all those cheesy lines, though? Like, run, Barry, run. And I was like, oh, I love liked it <laughs> but it made sense because the the mom said it went right before she died i know I mean, it was, there was a purpose behind yeah. it I, I think they're doing flash really well and it, what's it, amazing is it's by the same people that does arrow but it has a totally different feel arrow is very dark and gritty and flash is not campy per se but has a lighter tone to it well, I judge it by what I feel comfortable with Brett, our 11-year-old, watching. Flash is totally family-friendly, and he feels good watching it. It It is family. It's like a family comic come to life. Arrow does have a little grittiness to it, and I think Brett watches most episodes, but there are some that he'll, he'll leave on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, um and then that leads into another new one, Gotham, that he doesn't even watch at all. And I think I watched the first couple episodes, and I'm not watching it anymore. I'll just get the updates from you. It, it's a little too too dark and graphic. Is that the word? Even though I watched Walking Dead. I was gonna say, that's, I, that's what drove you away from it? Well, that can't be it. I don't know. Well, I, Brett can't sit and watch it with well, us. Well, sure. He can't watch Walking Dead either. But I feel like he should be able to to watch it. So Gotham is the new show that's on um, Fox that's based on basically the early years of uh, Bruce Wayne, if, if people have not seen it. I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, it's basically the whole purpose is to follow Jim Gordon, who is a new police officer uh, in Gotham City Police. And I was unsure how this was going to be done. I'm We're now three episodes in. Uh, by far the best character in the show is uh, Oswald Cobblepot who is we know it becomes the penguin the guy that plays him does a fantastic job 
Mm-hmm. And I'm really more interested in his story than anything else. But right now, I really could care less about Jim Gordon or the issues Barbara's having or even seeing the mandatory scene of Bruce every episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even watch the last episode. Well, Has there been three? Yeah. And what's interesting, the last episode was kind of what I was hoping the show was going to be. It was almost about the whole gang wars. Yeah. It was really centered around that and not you know, the young cat woman or anybody like that. It was really about Oswald Kalapot kind of get trying to get his foot into the, uh, uh, or trying to get on the ground level of uh, certain gangs and basically kind of manipulate one against the other. And you can see where he's going to start kind of start moving up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. And it was gritty and how the police come into that. I'm really still unsure. I mean, it kind of teeters on this edge of almost being, you know, you know, there's Hill Street Blues, you know, Gotham City <laughs> Blues, where it's it's almost like, is it just a cop show? Is it a comic book show? I can't tell which way they want to go. It's definitely, of the four that we've discussed, it's my least favorite so far. What are the four? Arrow, Flash, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. and then now Gotham. I mean, if I was to order them right now, I would say Arrow, Flash, S.H.I.E.L.D., Gotham. I mean, I'm still going to watch and it's early. It may get better. And like something like Flash may get a lot worse. It's just, you know, with these first couple episodes that are out, that's how I feel right now. Yeah, because what we've just said that Arrow started out slow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Gotham was just picked up for 22 episodes. So it's going to be a full season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be around. But then, you know, I remember, remember we used to get really get into Smallville and love that show. And mm-hmm. it got to the point we didn't even watch the last two seasons. I know. <laughs> and I'm worried that's what Gotham's going to become. You were like, I'm afraid they're going to show Bruce so much. It's like, okay, just make him start becoming Batman. Remember with the Clark, it's like, just become Superman already and stop dealing with Chloe and all her issues and all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was just so melodramatic sometimes that we finally said, I nah, just stop watching. I mean, we just didn't keep us around. So it was like, I almost drug it on too long. I don't know what Gotham's going to go. I almost wish that Gotham went back even further to where we met Bruce's parents why they were still alive and what they did in the city, it would be neat to hear their story before they were killed and almost have the final episode of Gotham be the night they're murdered. That would basically kick off Batman. Oh, that would be good. I should have wrote that, shouldn't you got I? something there, Marty. I like that too. Dang. I, I need to write, I see if they could do that. Y'all did, y'all jump too far ahead, jump back even further. And how the gangs even started. Maybe at one time Gotham was a bustling city and then like Falcone comes in and starts building up a gang and, and Marconi, I think, is the other gang member. You know, their early starts. Yeah. And then how uh, uh, the Kent or the Waynes were, the Kents, the Waynes were dealing with and stuff. So I'd watch it. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so there's our little brief look at comic book heroes on TV. Well, we're on our last segment, the outro. I've got a few things I want to share with you, and then we'll give Vanessa a last word at the end for this episode in case she wants to impose any words of wish. She's shaking her head no. She doesn't want to impose any words of wisdom on anybody. I do have a, a couple um, Kickstarters that I've kind of found over the past few weeks I wouldn't mind mentioning. One was that Phoenix Covenant that I saw at New York Comic Con that I thought was really cool that I've already talked about. Another one is a, uh, a co-op game called Space Movers. We had a chance to play this game at our game club, Queen City Game Club, this past week. Uh, the designers of this game are uh, about a hour and a half north of Charlotte and they came down to one of our events and demoed the game and uh, it's a 
husband and wife, and they ran two games, and so eight people got to play. And this is a, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a, imagine this. Imagine a co-op game with a Firefly feel, because what your goal is is you take on the a role, or you take on a character or a role, and you're trying to smuggle goods between planets. It's kind of what Firefly was doing, and you're trying to do this without being noticed by I can't remember the, the the police they were called UO or something I'm I'm sorry I can't remember what exactly what they're called but it's almost imagine like the alliance in Firefly that's kind of chasing you around the galaxy and you're trying to avoid them the whole goal isn't necessarily smuggling the smuggling needs to be done in order to keep your resources your resources are basically uh, as you move from place to place uh, resources are expended after every round you lose resources if your resources ever get to zero you lose the game but there are objectives during the game there are uh, several objectives um, five that need to be completed in order to win the game so the objective may be you need to get over to this planet and see somebody and to get over that planet you need to make sure that you pick up a couple jobs jobs along the way of smuggling goods in order to make sure you have the resources the cops or the, the police or whatever are trying to chase you and if they catch you so many times the game is over but what's unique about the game is when you do um, skill checks you uh, each of you have a die and you have to roll a five or higher in order to pass a test and so when you have a test it'll say okay a yellow die needs to be rolled a blue or red or whatever and each of you manage a manages a certain color die and all of you have to roll and succeed where this is really unique is this is somewhat of a dexterity game they use the inside of the box uh, to roll your dice and let's say if vanessa if you were green and you roll a four and I'm red and I need to roll, well, you didn't pass. But what I can do is I can take my die and when I roll, try to hit yours with mine in the box. And if I can make it roll to a new number, five or higher, then we'll succeed. So it's somewhat of a dexterity game where you kind of stand up and you try to aim your dice at, at other dice in the box and try to hit them and try to flip over and stuff. So that's a really unique element that a lot of people at the game club um, really like. So if that's something you think that uh, might interest you, a co-op game with a space theme that has a little bit of dexterity element to it go check out space movers on kickstarter and you can see it um, on our blog another one that i'm really interested in and i'm really into game accessories is i found this thing called hex chests and now vanessa knows about this one because it's a kickstarter that's also currently going on and these are handmade wooden boxes that are used for storing dice it's called hex chests because it's shaped like a hex not that they're hexed they're not hexed. They're shaped like a hex. I'm going to hex you. <laughs> so anyway, so you can go out there and uh, I think they start at like 30, 35 bucks and you get to pick what color of wood you want. And the higher pledge levels, you can get better wood and they will en engrave like the borders with something. But what I thought was really cool is they'll engrave the top with like a symbol of like your favorite class, like a warrior, ranger, cleric, rogue or whatever. And I thought this would be a perfect gift for our middle son, Travis, who's really into Pathfinder. I was going to get one for him to have for Christmas and come to find out that uh, one of the pledge levels uh, for getting the, he's a big Paladin fan. So I want to get a Paladin on the top of the case for him. Um, they had sold out of those that could be delivered for Christmas. So I contacted him and I said, I know you sold out. I said, but my son would love to have this for Christmas. Is there any way 
that I can order one and you would do it for me. They said, you know what, That's we'll, we'll do that. There's no problem. You just go ahead and pledge the level that needs to be pledged for that to happen and then let us know and we'll make sure we'll get it to you before Christmas. So I thought that was really nice of those guys. It was. The, the chests are, are really nice. They have what they have, a, a hollow one that you can just put as much dice in or they have one that's they call the beehive, which has little segments in it so you can put a seven-set uh, RPG dice set in there to hold all the dice. Uh, it has a magnetic top on it to hold it in place. So that's hex chess. So I also have a link for that one. So go check that out. That's uh, that's kind of cool. We also have a couple uh, contests uh, going on right now. We still have the the Shadowrun contest where we're giving away the uh, Shadowrun uh, character expansions. We have four of those to give away. All you got to do is tweet a picture of yourself. With some sort of uh, funny picture or something to indicate, you know, you really need this character expansion. Maybe it's a sad face or something and you're holding your shadow run box or whatever you want. Just uh, tweet us a picture at um, hashtag uh, RDTN shadow run and uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll have some uh, random drawings and we have four of those to give away. So that's still going on, too. And we'll have you, you can go look at our website and we also have more details on there, too. And I'm looking over my list, and I think, oh, no, there is one more. There is one more. There is uh, Robert Searing, who has a website, Insert Here, which makes custom inserts. And actually, I have one of these inserts for Eldritch Hard. If you go back and look at that really nauseating video that I did where I did the game inserts and I did the dancing thing, one of the inserts that I uh, tested was his. And it's really cool. He has offered to, um, through our show, to give anyone, a uh, for the next couple of weeks, give uh, people 20% off on their order if when you order from his website, if you use the... I really should have looked this up before I said anything. While while you're looking that up, there is something I want to say as you're talking about Good. These. See, that's what Tony would do. He would jump in at this point because I forgot to look this up. Well done. <laughs> well, one thing about going to the different conventions, um, we do always find things for gifts. And as our boys get older, it's hard to find things as a surprise and now you found the hex box, and we got something for Adam in New York. Uh, the conventions always have merchandise that you don't just see everywhere, and that's really neat. You want to tell him what we got, Adam? He won't listen to what? this. You don't think he'll listen? Please. Like, I'm going to listen to my dad's podcast, whatever. <laughs> well, his uh, favorite comic character is Rorschach from Watchmen, and we got him a super nice figurine. Yeah, Square Enix makes these incredible, yeah. incredible uh, figures. Uh, there's the scene of Warshack, and if any of you are the comic or seen the uh, movie, there's this famous scene where he starts a fire by, you know, like lighting a lighter, then spraying like an aerosol can. Mm-hmm. It's that scene. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So, uh, War, uh, Adam even did a a senior uh, high school English paper yes, on Watchmen a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really neat. So we got him that for that. That is a that's cool. So I did find it. So thank you for, for talking while I was looking. Oh, you have more to say? Keep yeah, going. One more thing. As we were leaving the convention, we always talk about all the emotions and feelings that you go through. There's a bit of time when you first get there 
where you're overwhelmed and we seem to be fussing at each other. What do you want to go? What do you want to do? You know, there's that period of time where you're just overwhelmed. And then you get into it and everyone does their thing. And then it seems that we're just at such a high and then it's time to go. And as we leave, then we're talking about what is the next place we want to go. And you and I were looking up different. Who puts it on? Was it what were we looking at in New Orleans and Raleigh? Wizards? I can't remember. There, Wizards does have some, um, that Wizards magazine does have some comic book conventions. I can't remember if that's the one that's done in New Orleans. Not, but anyway, go ahead. Well, we were just looking at, okay, what can we do next? Where can we go next? And it was the boys that said, I'm ready for our small conventions. I'm ready for our, you know, little finger quotations, our conventions. So we really are looking forward to Mace where they just go and they play games and they it's very familiar. And Travis said, I like playing games and then seeing the same people through the weekend. And we're looking forward to Scarab. Just really looking forward to those two conventions coming up. Yeah, and next year we're going to get back to our standard like Origins Gen Con sort of thing. I do have BGG Con coming up in a couple of weeks and we'll see how that is. But speaking of Mace, we have a contest going on there. Woohoo! Uh <laughs> 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 uh, Stronghold Games is sponsoring a tournament that we're doing, Diamonds, which, Vanessa, I'm going to teach you this right after we get off uh, this podcast because uh, you need to learn how to play it because Tony and I have to do a five-minute initiative on it. But anyway, uh, we're going to have a Diamonds contest, which is a new trick-taking game from uh, Stronghold, and they have uh, donated two copies to give away as prizes. And if you go to, if you're going to be able to come to Mace, it's going to be on Saturday afternoon from like three to five, and the winner of the tournament gets a copy, and then we're going to have a random drawing for the other copy. And to enter, it costs a dollar to play, and if you want to buy additional tickets, you can uh, pay a dollar per raffle ticket, and all that money is going to go toward Gamers for Cures, uh, which is the charity that Dan Patrice sponsors for Geek All Stars, Dan and Raleigh that you've met before. So, and that's Saturday, November the eighth. Thank you. Yes, because I could not remember the date. I think that's the weekend of Mace. So, I guess the segue is long has been long enough for me to bring it back to the whole insert here promo that we have. If you go and order. An insert from Robert Searing, and I'll have also a link uh, on this on our uh, web notes, is uh, if you use the promo code Rolling Dice, uh, you will get uh, 20% off your order, and that is good for the uh, next couple weeks. So it's a great gift for Christmas. Um, uh, if you know somebody who's having a problem with some sort of, um, needs a good insert for a certain game that they really get into, go check out his website. He has many of them. Get the order in now. He hopefully should have it ready for you to ship in time for Christmas, and you'll get 20% off your order. And before we close out, next episode is episode 50, a big episode for us, and we've got some really special guests that's going to be on that episode that we're very excited about. So we're getting ready to start our second 50th set of podcast. Huh? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) I don't even have a comeback for that. So anyway, 50 is going to be be a uh, big deal. So Tony will be back uh, for that one. We could keep it. Yeah, I know. I really appreciate I know. I really appreciate you sitting and I love it when you come in here. It's nice having a female voice and you're my bestest buddy and you know me best. We just have a good. Oh, I'm your bestest buddy. I mean, it's so fun. I mean, you're about one of the few people that I've known longer than Tony. <laughs> Uh, there aren't many people you've known longer than Tony besides your family. Do you realize I've known you only one month longer than Tony? 
I met Tony my freshman year in college, oh, and I met you, met you this summer. Yeah. Wow. Wow. See who stays with you, me and Tony. We have stayed with you through all these years. Because <laughs> nobody else would. Everybody else We're is gone. We're here for you. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for being on. And um, as always, keep rolling dice. And taking names. You can follow us on Twitter at Dice and Names. Or why don't you visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Or if you prefer, subscribe on iTunes. Or how about visiting our guild page on Board Game Geek. Marty, you got everything ready for BGG Con? I think so. Um, hotel reservations are made. Plane tickets are bought. Clothes to wear. Money saved up for our games to buy. Equipment for the podcast to take along and record. I, I think so. You sure you're not forgetting something? That's right. The headshot of Rich Summer design. Talking about the hazmat suit. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) 